I'm Andrew Haynes, and this is the Fair Game Podcast, the place where we talk about all things golf. For this episode, we're sitting down with the one and only Dave Fink, aka the People's Coach, and Gabe Coyne, the founder of Sticks Golf. They've recently joined forces to bring their shared mission of accessible and affordable golf to the masses. And we had to link up to learn more and hear about what they plan on doing. Let's get into it. Thanks for being on the podcast, guys. Dave, really quickly, can you intro yourself? Tell us a little bit about you, how you got into golf. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I have lots of other questions about tips, which we'll get to for my own personal benefit. But yeah, give us the quick intro and we'll circle back to Gabe. Free tips is what I do, baby. So you're in luck. <laughs> my name is Dave Fink. I'm a golf instructor and content creator. I live in Los Angeles and I just joined Fixed. Uh, like three and a half weeks ago, and it's been great. A little bit about me. I I am a lifetime athlete who came to golf later in life through a bunch of different happenstances. Um, I remember, well, my dad is a golfer. His parents were golfers. And um, I remember him bringing me out as a kid. And, you know, it's really boring. It's like nearly impossible. I have to wear the most stuffy, annoying, you know, stiff shirts and pants and you have to be quiet. It just wasn't my scene as a kid. And there was no team. It was just like you alone. And I remember telling my dad, don't ever bring me here again. And, and he was like, okay, because I was serious too. And, and when I would ask him, like, he wasn't very good at teaching me either, even though he was a good player. So just the whole thing wasn't happening as a kid, but it was okay. I played baseball really seriously, soccer, every other sport, a little bit in high school. I ended up playing baseball in college. So I had other stuff going on. And then, so in high school, I really messed up my knees. I didn't really know much about knees. I had injured it a little bit. And then I snowboarded off my roof when I was like 14 years old and ended up tearing my ACL. But the knee problems kind of persisted. So I ended up going to college for acting, not for sports. I did play sports in college, but I was an actor. And I moved out to L.A. to, to pursue acting. And um, I just, I hated the industry. I loved performing. I loved stories. I've always loved storytelling um, and people and, you know, engaging with people on like an emotional and human level. But the toxic nature of the industry drove me away from performing. And, um, you know, I was in L.A. working as like a bartender, you know, during trying to make it as an actor. And that led to sort of I developed sort of a drinking problem, not sort of. <laughs> I was an alcoholic. I drank too much. It was sort of the, the whole lifestyle of it. Um, and then my knee problems came back when I was 27. It was like the perfect storm. Too much drinking and your knees are done now. And it was like, I was at a low point in my life and I felt kind of directionless. I wasn't acting anymore. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was just depressed. And, you know, shout out to my dad. He's always been super loving and supportive. He didn't really know what to do from across the country. Um, and I didn't really, I wasn't really talking to a lot of people. So he just sent me some golf clubs and he called me and said, hey, there's gonna be some clubs coming to your door. And I'm like, I really, I golf's the last thing I want to think about right now. Like my life is a mess. 
and he's he sent them anyways and i got them and um i think he also like sent me like 30 bucks and was like go to the range and hit some balls and it was like all right fine <laughs> uh, i had just you know stopped drinking i had just had double knee surgery so the doctors were like you can't do any lateral motion things ever again you can never skateboard again you can never play pickup basketball or tennis or any active sport ever again unless you want to be in a wheelchair by 40 like just fyi and this is when i'm 27 so i was like that doesn't sound fun so i took it seriously and i started taking my health more seriously so no drinking started exercising but um yeah my dad sent me these clubs i went to go hit balls i was like this is fun and i went to go play which was such a humbling experience i was hitting them pretty good on the range i mean shit i played baseball in college and now the ball's not moving so first tee shot actually that i ever hit was money it was right down the middle get to it i'm playing with three random strangers i had a weird bag like gabe it was like leather no straps i didn't know there was straps i was just carrying it i also didn't know you could like rent a push cart i didn't i just didn't know any of this stuff but i wanted to play and so get to my ball on the fairway and i take out another tee and i tee it up and, I, and the three guys that I'm with are like, what the fuck are you doing? And I just said, to be honest with you, I have no idea. <laughs> like, what, did I do something wrong? And they're like, well, you're only allowed to use the key and touch the ball on the first shot. And I was like, okay, my bad. And, um, and I really wanted to play by the rules and keep score. And I did. And I shot 142, which was a high number. And uh, so I went back the next day and I'm like, this has got to be easier than that and i actually shot the same number exactly 142 and this is no pickups no cheating or anything um i actually didn't even know how to cheat yet but um i went back the next day again and i told myself if i don't break 142 on this third try like i'm not ever doing this again because my life already is frustrating to me <laughs> and i ended up going like 10 on the first hole 12 uh nine and then i fucking hit a hole in one on a par three that was 190 yards with a six iron. Oh, I couldn't believe it. I was with this super awesome, rad old lady. She was like 85, a single walker from Germany. She's like, oh my God, hold in one. And then the other two guys I'm with are like scratch golfers and they were not stoked. They just like looked at me. <laughs> I'm a fucking hacker. Like I asked them, what club do you hit on par three? They're like, well, I'm hitting a six iron. That's what I pulled out of my bag. I didn't even. <laughs> this is fantastic. I threw my club. I'm like, let's go. How often does that happen? Right. The scratch guy's like, I don't have any aces. So first <laughs> off, fuck yourself. Anyways, <laughs> I was just like, this is fun. And I shot 99 that day with an ace. Fantastic. Okay, maybe this is fun. So I call my buddy Andy, who's actually in my breaking 90s series which is sponsored by sticks which is on youtube so andy and i go this is when we're both 27 i'm like i promise golf is cool he's like no I, so i forced him to come to this part three course with me second hole i'm like there's a hill right there if you hit it like off the hill i bet it'll roll down i hit it off the hill rolls into the hole and andrew's like did you just hit a hole in one and i'm like let's go call my dad i'm like dad I hit a hole in one. I told him about the other one. He's like, I know you did. That's incredible. I'm like, no, no, I hit another one. <laughs> He's like, hey, a hole in one is when the first ball 
that you hit goes into the he like starts explaining to me the right. rules. This is fantastic. And I'm like, no, it really did, but it felt like from that moment on, I was like, this is for me. It was fun. It was like some something athletic that I could do again because I was limited. Um, and I have an addictive personality, but you know, it just gave me sort of like a purpose a little bit. And and I I really wanted to get better because those shots that I hit that went in were so much more fun than the bad ones. And I just yeah. felt like, Oh, well, if I get better, I'll have more fun. So I just remember going to the range near my house and I just walked into the pro shop and I was like, do you do lessons? Did a lesson there, did two or three others with two or three other people. And none of these coaches were talking to me like a, a person who's an individual or be like an athlete, you know, my thing was, I was like, hey, so I want to know how the ball goes like this way, like right to left. And they're like, mm -hmm. your grip is fucked up and you you don't have a swing and you don't know how to do this. And you, it was very like non-encouraging and they didn't talk to me like an athlete. They, they kind of, it was confusing me, made me feel bad. And, and it wasn't encouraging in the sense that I would ask, hey, if I dedicate myself to this like every day, how long is it going to take for me to get better? And Every answer ranged from, you know, eight to nine months to 20 years. Some of these guys were telling me it's going to take 20 years to, like, really improve. And I was like, are you what? fucking kidding me? No way. And, and that just was kind of unacceptable to me. And when I would ask these guys to hit a ball, I'd say, I'm better learning if I can see you do it and explain to me how your body's working. And they totally. would tell me that that's not what I do. And I was like, then I'm fucking out. If I'm the one hitting the ball and you can't even show me that I'm out. And Interesting. I just dedicated myself. I got down to breaking 90 by myself. I was like, I'm the best golfer in LA. Like I'm better than Tiger Woods. What's fucking good. And then I, I got paired up with a mini tour guy. I didn't know it. I thought he was just a stranger, but he blew my mind. Like I just had, I was just like, it was like <clears throat> the things he was doing. It was like 330 down the middle spins a wedge back to five feet like and he does it like three holes in a row and at the first two holes i'm like well that's lucky the third hole i'm like what the fuck is going on like yeah. i thought golf was a lot more random and so when i asked him how do you do that how are you doing that the way that he explained what he was doing to me was so simple that i was able to like easily understand it and he said oh but you'll probably never fucking get it and i was like well actually what you're telling me is so much different than what coaches say. And like, he's the best player I've ever seen. And he's right. telling me that his thought process is like this simple. He's like, I just get my weight forward and I just feel like I'm skipping a stone with the club face or something, you know, some small metaphor. And I'd be like, I've literally never heard that. And it changed the way I played golf immediately. So I took four lessons. I was practicing for months and not really getting better. And this one guy said one or two things to me, not even technical things. And the next day with like one small bucket, I was infinitely better. And so it, I was like, wow, okay. So it's not impossible to get better. It doesn't take forever, but there are some key things that you need to know. And it's less about the technical perfection of the swing, which by the way, happens in one second and more about the way you're thinking about what you're doing. And so I was like, 
I'm going to get as good as I can. And the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to read everything. Every single book, every single teacher, every single teaching video that I could find, I consumed it. And what I would do is I would just find the, the nuggets that made sense right away that were like, that's easy to remember and it helps me. And that's how I got better. And then during the pandemic, my best friend died. And suddenly, like, out of nowhere, and we were golf buddies. And we both at the time were working in sort of like corporate jobs. I was selling real estate. He was a financial advisor. And he would always, we play together. And at the time, I was trying to do mini tour stuff. And he would just, and I would help him with his swing and all of our other friends. And, and he would always say, like, what the fuck are you doing in real estate? Like, you love golf. You don't love that. And I just said, like, but I need to make money, you know? And, and he was like, but you're, you're so good, not just at teaching. Like, you have a passion for the game. Like, you need to be in golf. And then he died. And it was like he wasn't sick. It was just like he was gone. And life became, like, different all of a sudden, you know? And it was like, what is, you know, if, if tomorrow's not promised, then what am I doing? with today and um you know sean passing was horrible but it led me to where i am now and i just decided i'm going to make my life about teaching and about helping others and about bringing the joy that i have through getting better and playing better with golf like i want to spread that lessons shouldn't be hard it shouldn't make you feel worse about yourself you know it shouldn't take 20 years like everybody is special in their own way and everybody learns different and we can all sort of, you know, get better through more positive learning. And I didn't see that online and or in lessons I had. And it was like Gabe, you know, he's like, I want cool, beautiful, functional clubs that don't cost five months of my rent to pay for. Like that doesn't exist. He created it. It's like, I saw that this wasn't a thing, accessible, positive, fun easygoing golf instruction so i started doing it and you know took me like a year to sort of hit my stride in terms of how i edit the videos and and you know whatever and i've i've had haters and the internet's kind of a negative place at times but like honestly this community that i've built is crazy it's so positive people are like relieved like you know i get this message all the time i i knew it was easier than they said it was and i knew i was better than they said I was. I just needed someone to help me unlock that. And so that's what I do. It's like, you know, as a as a dude who came to golf later in life and wanted to get better, but had to work and didn't have the time for a country club membership, it's like, I feel like I'm not the only one like that. And it turns out I'm not. Um, but But truly what I just wanna make sure that I do no matter what is just keep things positive, keep people getting better, keep the community engagement positive. People can help each other. Like we're all in this together, you know? So Sticks has helped me do that. Partnered up with Sticks because we have the same mission statement, simplify shit um, and make more, golf more accessible and more fun because that's what's happening. And that's, that's the trend that we're seeing. And yeah. so, yeah, it's great. I, I'm, I mean, this, I have 5,000 followers across all platforms in February. And now I'm up closer to, to 370,000. And I just want to keep it going, not because of the follower count, because of the messages I get. Hey, I'm getting better. I'm having more fun. Love your partnership with Sticks. So 
it's about the community for me. So I love that you're having us on to talk about community because that's the reason why I love golf. Not because I'm good at golf. It's because of the community. Yeah, for sure. The people in golf are amazing. Yeah, that was awesome, man. Thank you for sharing. Really, really appreciate that. Gabe, really quickly, um, tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into the game. Um, maybe a little bit more about Sticks. Um, I know Dave mentioned it, but some of you guys listening might not know of the brand and like, obviously you might know that they make golf clubs, but, um, a little bit about just like what, what inspired you to, to create a new golf brand? Because there are lots of club brands out there. Um, so, I mean, just from my, my very basic knowledge of it, just outside looking in, um, when you think of, you know, like how old is Sticks as a brand now? We officially launched September 1, 2020. So oh, wow. Days away from three years uh, from launch. That's amazing. So basically in the past three years, or let's say four years, I don't know how long it took to get the brand off the ground, but you decided to make another golf club brand, which to some people might sound very daunting, but just tell us a little bit about that process and how you got to this point. It's pretty cool. I think there's some unique things about that. One, yeah, it'd be daunting if you said, I'm going to build a big golf brand. Two, I think it's also daunting when there's some end game that's like this big dream or like say you are a, a lifetime golfer and that's always been a dream. For me, it was, a, it was a side hustle experiment that caught fire. You know, uh, I, I golf, but um, I'm not a great golfer. This wasn't like, I'm a pro. And I'm going to go show everybody how it's done. This was, I'm a consumer. I'm a designer. Um, I want beautiful clubs that make sense, that are simple to buy, simple to use, simple to talk about, uh, that I can buy in a simple way and just go play golf. And that was not my experience when I went shopping for golf clubs. My experience was it's expensive. It's intimidating. It's complicated it felt like uh you know people say you should get a fitting uh what that translates to is you're not intelligent enough to buy a piece of metal on a stick you need a professional to tell you what to do you may be able to buy a computer on your own but you cannot buy a golf club on your own you need professional advice mm. uh, and i was like this is crazy <laughs> and i just felt like We've seen so much disruption in other industries, and this just felt like golf was literally teed up for the same exact disruption. How many years could Gillette razors add another blade, make that razor look more like a spaceship UFO, hire another big actor to like hype that it's an even closer shave this year, guys? And you're like, <laughs> it's gonna you know it's like oh it's really gonna pivot around this jaw and you're like if i go to a professional barber they're still using a straight edge blade that's beautiful and they're still they're still sharpening it on leather and that thing actually gets you the closest shape right so you're like i just feel like i'm being lied to this just seems like so much hype when if i actually went back to the most basic, essential, purest product of a golf club, what would that look like? And would it work? Dave, Dave's holding it up to the camera, the Sticks Golf go. Club. Because we said, what would it look like to take what looks like a massively overcomplicated product evolution 
take it back to its most purest form, would it still deliver, <laughs> right? If I use right. super high-end raw materials and build it to, you know, modern specifications on loft and lie and weight distribution, but none of this hollow body, you know, two different materials welded together with things injected in them and sliders and weights for adjustment that I don't know what the hell to do with. Um, so that, that's, what, that's what I wanted as a designer. I was like, well, anyways, back to kind of disruption. We were like, and, and we were talking about Gillette, right? And then suddenly along comes Dollar Shave Club. Along comes Harry's Razor that basically are like, hey, guys, it's a razor, right? We can make great razors and not charge you $8 a cartridge, right? Like, this is overhyped. You're paying for marketing. You're paying for endorsements. You're paying for hype. We can still deliver a super high quality product at a more reasonable price that looks great. You can buy it online. It can be a subscription service. So that, that's how it was born. We were like, golf seems ready for that. Golf seems desperate for that, <clears throat> right? Because in golf, I can buy a mm -hmm. starter set for 400 bucks, or I can buy the big brands where it's, it can be $1,000 for a club, right? My driver can be $1,000. If it's a six or $700 driver, and then you add a four or $500 shaft, and you're sure. paying for a $300 fitting for somebody to just tell you what to do, um, it adds up really, really fast. Mm -hmm. uh, and at the end of the day, I felt like it was all ugly. It all looked like a overdeveloped Gillette seven blade razor um, version of a golf club. I mean, it's interesting. So I don't know, like just me, like coming from the design advertising world, I love those case studies. Um, like, you know, like when you talk about like Harry's and Gillette, I mean, it just takes me back to the agency. A lot of people don't realize, and even before that, I mean, when you think of what Apple did for, for computers, like you made a really interesting point about this idea of overcomplication and why can't I go and just buy it myself? Like you can walk into an Apple store and say, hey, I need X and you walk out with a computer and like, I don't know, I always admired what Steve Jobs did with Apple because he um, did a couple of things. One, just this idea of elevating the creative class and then making every person part of that class, which I think was really cool. And then just brands like Away and Allbirds, at least for me, um, did this amazing thing. And you're starting to see it and it's really exciting to see it happen more and more in golf. But this notion of things, not to shit on the way that things were made in the past, but there can be a different way to make it. And not just from there is the product and then there is also the design. and I love, especially nowadays, like me being a designer, seeing more brands that, that lean into good design because I think the average consumer appreciates it more than they used to, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. I think all that stuff is cool. Um, but yeah, that's awesome story. Wait, so how did you start playing golf? Let's just answer that question. How did you start playing the game? Yeah. I started playing golf when my mom bought me my first set of clubs uh, for $20 from a church rummage sale outstanding it was a crusty old leather bag every club was older than i was none of the clubs matched height weight flex length brand uh, everyone was the one of a kind uh the woods were made of wood and the bag probably weighed 50 pounds to carry around the course 
I played a lot of municipals with my buddies. Uh, my freshman year of high school, I got cut from baseball, which uh, was my favorite sport. I was like, I was like an all-star, you know, had the home run records in little league and then coming to high school and I, I just get cut from baseball, which was like not expected. So I went and joined the golf team for my freshman year and I wasn't any good. So I was on JV, which basically meant you just go hang out on the executive course. You're not getting coached. You won't be in the matches. Right. But it was incredible because I paid like 40 bucks to join the team and I played golf every day for like 90 days. That's fantastic. It was great. It was a great time. So I fell in love with it. And, you know, before I started Sticks, I never got serious about it. Loved golf, loved golf with my friends. Um, played for 20 years, but it was like, you know, a couple times a year, <clears throat> handful of times a year. I had, uh, I had four kids in my twenties. And so like, there wasn't a lot of, uh, getting away to the golf course in that phase of life. Uh, so it wasn't until just before the idea of sticks was born that I was starting to golf more kids were getting older. I was spending a little more time on the golf course, but, um, I only upgraded my clubs once, right? I was into it with this first set, bought a set mm -hmm. of clubs from Big Five. Uh, that's actually a brand you can't even find anymore. It was called Phase One. It was my first set of clubs that I bought uh, at a Big Five. Surprisingly, they were black shafted graph. It was a full set of graphite black shaft clubs. Uh, it's not why we did that at Sticks, but it's funny that my first sure. set was that. Yeah. That is pretty funny. It's interesting. So when you're talking about your sons, uh, I just took my, my son's four. I have one. I just took him out for the first time ever this weekend. My wife was out of town and I was like, let's go. Boys are playing golf today. So I was like, look, he's four. He's not going to handle 18 holes. And we played nine. It was funny. I probably had his attention for three holes. And then he was just I want to run around and like chase wild turkeys and, you know, rake the bunkers, which is funny. Um, but like the first question that I had for each of you guys, because I think you do it in, in different ways, but this idea of being golf simple and fun. Um, I did have a moment and I had Adam Scott's dad, Phil Scott. We did a podcast with him last year. And one of the questions that I asked him was, you know, for people that are looking to get their kids into golf, like, how do you, you know, like, what, like, how do you do it? I mean, you raised a master's champion, like, give me the secrets. And he was like, biggest thing in the early days is like keeping it fun because you can lose interest. And, you know, as a, especially as a dad, you know, you have these moments where you want your kids to aspire to greatness. Like, he's going to be like amazing. And like, then you have to check yourself and be like, you know what? Like, I'm not going to critique his putting stance. Like, it, no, like, let him hit if he wants to hit it like a croquet mallet like whatever like that's where he is right now and that's cool so anyways how do you each of you guys think about golf and this idea of keeping it fun and approachable not just for kids but especially for people as the game is growing now like old people young people everyone's getting into the game or getting back into the game what do you guys do with with each of your respective categories to keep keep the game fun and approachable good question keeping the game fun and approachable is Kind of why I partnered with Sticks, why Sticks part, why we partnered together, because that's both of our missions. What I realized in terms of coaching golf when I first entered golf was that part of why it was so intimidating is 
there's a lot of jargon that I have never heard before. You know, they're telling me to do things with my body, like bow my wrist and fire my hips. Some things that I just, I don't know what that means. And I think there was a lot, there's a lot of assumptions made by instruction. And then what I realized is they're not wrong about, you know, some of these technical positions being optimal. But when you explain something to someone as a body movement that they've already done before, like tossing a, a baseball or, or tossing a football, skipping a stone off water, um, sweeping the floor with a broom, you know, things that you don't have to be a super athlete to understand. People are mm -hmm. like, oh, aha, that makes sense. And what's funny is my students, I've taught kids, the youngest I've taught was three, which was like, I think a little too young. And the oldest I've taught is 95. So it's a huge scale. But what everybody kind of can come to a middle ground on is these relatable body motions, but then also the encouragement. If you miss a shot, it's not embarrassing. You're not a bad person laugh it off golf's hard we're just trying to improve so like for this this three-year-old i remember the lesson wasn't very long it was just me having fun with him i put a little i put my head as a gopher on a cone like in front of him like two feet in front of him and i was just like can we just make the ball hit the gopher and he yeah. loved that oh yeah i want to hit the gopher you know so then it's less about like you have to be perfect and more about like we're having fun and then all i told him was so you just want to turn your body this way and turn your body this way and that was it and he just let him go and have fun and so that's my coaching i try not to get too technical there's a time and a place for that but it's for the 0.5 percent of golfers who are either scratch or mini tour players trying to advance to making money off of playing golf for a living so 99% of people are not going to learn that way. They're not ready for that. And that's okay. You can learn in a more accessible way and still have fun. But the way that I do it is all my tips, I talk to you like you're my friend. And like we're on the course and I'm just giving you a tip. I'm not calling you, you know, a douche or a loser or anything. It's just like, hey, I see what you're doing. Try this. And so I, I just want to keep it approachable. I want people to realize I'm not above you, some person with all this knowledge telling you, you know, what you have to do. It's I'm your friend. I want to help you because I'm invested in your progress. Like people getting better makes me happy. It makes, you know, the game more fun for me. So Dick, it was like the same thing. I fell into the trap of, a five-bladed razor with a vibrating sensor and like you know like literally i i remember in college buying that razor cutting myself i remember i remember this that one insane. i went back to just the three-blade razor same thing happened to me in golf i got better you know i got done down to scratch and i'm like well now what if i get the slider with the weight in the heel and like all this shit and it just made me worse and, and eventually i found my way back to simple equipment that just was effective. And then six came into the picture. And even me, you know, six, seven months ago, I think I had just seen a six ad. I wasn't really, really aware of the brand. And then once Gabe and I connected, it was like, holy shit, this makes, this is exactly what I'm trying to do. But you're the club company version of what I'm doing, which is simple 
and accessible. And honestly, when they sent me these clubs, it was a relief to me because the driver is simple. There's no sliders. The, the wood, the fairway woods are solid, but they all perform. And now I don't have to, you know, stand there looking down and thinking about, you know, my five wood is a little different than my three wood because the weight's at a different place. and it's a, the, the shaft is a different weight. I'm like, it just is too much. So honestly, it's a relief. And yes, I'm working with them, but I don't bullshit anyone. It's a waste of my time and theirs. Sticks, clubs, performs. they perform. It just performs. It performs. I had no problem putting them in my bag and keeping them there because they perform. They look great. So swing it over to Gabe. Love that, Gabe. Yeah, so what do you do from your perspective just keeping people that may be new to the game or getting back into the game? Because also that's, I think that's another part of it that a lot of people, it's like, yes, there are new people that are saying, hey, I want to pick up some clubs for the first time. But also, you know, there's people who are like, hey, I played three times with my dad growing up and you know, he put blades in my hands and I hated it. It was at some country club and everyone was a douche and I never, I never want to experience that again. But then now that I think there's probably more people, not just from different like backgrounds, but I think there are more people nowadays that are showing that golf doesn't have to be this stereotypical perspective, which I think is fun. Um, like, but yeah, what do you do to think about all those new people that are new to the game or getting back into it? You know, Speaking, you know, starting with there's kind of like simplicity and there's then there's accessibility or approachability. From the simplicity standpoint, uh, and you're talking about people who are new, uh, getting into it for the first time, or people coming back into it. We primarily position ourselves as your first upgrade or your long overdue upgrade. Um, we don't we don't want to be the cheapest set of clubs out there, right? Because we we don't want to create that level of quality. We do want to create high quality sets that perform and that's not always going to be people's first purchase right like i think you're always going to have starter sets um now if you want to skip that stage and like get something good out of the gate awesome um i like to make the comparison to kitchen knives where like yes you can get knives at ikea or like KitchenAid at costco um or my favorite knife brand is Meeson. You guys ever heard of Mison knives? Mm-hmm. They're great knives. Super simple, very high quality, very reasonably priced. My dad's a chef. He's scared of those things because they're so sharp. <laughs> but it's such a better experience, right? You could be like, oh, I'm just new to cooking. I don't need, you know, a high end. If you're in college, I just need this for the one meal I'm going to cook every semester. Yeah, totally. I'm actually cooking now. I'm actually yeah. playing golf now. So what yeah. now? Yeah. 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 Because sometimes the starter set is so short lived, you know, it's like, yes, it's going to be three or 400 bucks, but like either you're not going to enjoy golf because it's, it's not a high quality set. Like, mm -hmm. like using an Ikea knife, you're like cutting stuff is no fun. Like right. it doesn't cut <laughs> sawn on a tomato. I'm just squishing the thing. Exactly. So, so like, we're happy to be your first set if you want to kind of skip that level, but there are so many people using dad's hand-me-down set, grandpa's hand-me-down set, the hodgepodge used set, the garage sale set, the rummage sale set like I was. Like Andrew in my Breaking 90s series. He had clubs that I had given to him that I had found at a garage sale just so he could play with me the two times we played a year. Now, yeah. we play together every week. And he was the first one to tell me like, 
this isn't work. These aren't going to work for me long term. I got to tell you, Andrews, he's been at the range two times a day for the last three days with his new book because he just got his full new set of sticks. Yeah. Got him. Got him. We got it. We got another one. It's always funny when you get another friend to, to, to take that bite. It's like, oh, he's in. Because, you know, like it doesn't take much. Once you get to that certain point, you're like, we got him. They're in. Yeah, That's I don't funny. have to keep enticing him. <laughs> no, it's yeah, because it's like, yeah, the golf does its thing. Question, because I'm also curious. I've been dabbling with this recently myself, but like half sets or like not going out with a full bag. Do either of you play golf that way? Majority of golf, some golf, because I think if anything, another way of making golf more fun and just different sometimes. It's like you don't have to carry, you know, 14 clubs and the whole crazy thing. I don't know. Do you guys embrace any of that when you play? Or you're always just like, I got to have all my clubs with me at 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 one time. I carry them all, but I could probably live with three or four. You know, yeah. like uh, one of the things I talk about is I went from a 27 handicap to a 12 in a year uh, by just teeing off with the hybrid every time. I would hit it straighter. I wouldn't hit it as far, but it was more consistent. And the course that I play on, which Dave played, and he, he understands there's so much out of bounds, which is like a two-stroke penalty, uh, that I was like, if I can just stay in play, it literally will knock so many strokes off my game. And my short game is good. So I was like, if I can just stay in bounds off the tee, I'm going to be in such better shape. So for me, like hybrid, 60 degree and putter, like I would, that's 95, that could be 95% of my game. I'm hitting driver now and, and mixing it up. Uh, but yeah, I think that's fun. I don't do it. I don't go out with five or seven. I went out once with my 10-year-old kind of back to your golfing with kids, Andrew. And I just brought my pitching wedge because one of the things that I've found is hard when you're going out with your kids is like, you don't want to be trying to actually have a real game, right? Cracking your score when you're going out with your kids. So it was like, I'm just going to bring my pitching wedge because you're not going to hit more than 150. Then it's not like, Hey, pick up your ball and come to dad. It's like, right. Hit my pitch and we'll be kind of playing at the same pace. But honestly (laughs) with pitching wedge alone, I can almost shoot the same score. Because I'm just one fifty at a time down the right. middle, and we're good. See, that's great. Isn't that amazing, though? It is. I mean, I play short set all the time, just depending. I do like to walk. I have bad knees, so when I do walk, I don't bring a full set. It's just it's too hard on my body. And like Gabe said, <laughs> I really look at golf clubs like tools, and like you know, it's not like oh, it's one forty. I don't have my 140 club like i can hit a seven iron like 20 different distances so i don't think it's necessary to have all the clubs in the bag and what's funny is through my coaching when people come to me and they bring their bag and they're like what do you think about this first off most beginners or or mid to high handicap players will have two to three clubs in their bag that are the same lofted club they just don't know it's like they have an eight wedge and a 50 degree wedge and a, a G wedge. And it's like, well, I, you probably don't know this, but those three clubs are all the same exact club. So the other thing is most people can't hit a three iron or a four iron or a five iron very well. Trying to do so results in huge penalties. So what I'll tell my students is, can you, can we just take those out of the bag? Like if that's going to penalize you every time you hit it, imagine if you didn't. Right. 
like keeping the ball in play is the most probably underrated part of getting better. Everybody loves to tell you and, and, you know, you got to work backwards. You're not amazing at chipping and putting. Like you have to be perfect from a hundred yards and in. Okay. I'm not saying that's not true, but most high handicap, mid handicap players lose the most strokes from the T to the green. It's not that yeah. you six. It's that you hit a ball out of bounds, had to re tee, hit that ball into the rough, then hit that ball out of bounds. By the time you get to the green, honestly, the chipping and the putting doesn't matter. So like, Less clubs, take out any clubs that you suck with and like just <laughs> the ball and play. And if anyone just wants to try those three simple things, guarantee you'll shoot better your next round, period. So yeah. this idea that you have to have 14 clubs, just not true. Um, I think if more people played with 10, they would get better immediately. Yeah. I mean, that is interesting. It's so funny that Gabe, you said that you basically almost shoot the same thing with a pitching wedge. It's true. Like every once in a while you get paired up with like the random old guy who just, who just puts around the course. And like, it's a, it's a not sexy, but it's like, he's just, he's tapping in pars. He's like 150, 150. Yeah. That changed my entire life when I met that guy. Cause I was right. in the gym at that point. I was doing two a days in the gym and hitting 300 balls a day. We played right. the same keys. Me and this guy, this guy was 300 pounds plus, maybe more. Yep. This yeah. dude shot two over par. Two over. 18 holes. He just kept the ball in play, and he was really good at chipping and putting, but more than that, he was relaxed. The whole round was not a big deal to him, and I struggled right. my way to 10 over, and I was like, okay, so I'm way fitter than this guy. I'm sure I practiced more than him, and none of that actually matters. I have to right. keep the ball in play and I have to be cooler mentally and emotionally. It's so true. Okay. I have a, I don't know if this is a hot take question, uh, but for you, Dave. So, okay. You being a, an instructor, I'm always curious about like how an instructor instructs themselves. Like if you see yourself like not playing the way that you are not hitting the shot that you want to do, I'm curious as to like, where do you go in your head? And then I'm also curious um, if you, like I've always wondered if instructors look at other instructors or do you just go to like the core of the library that is golf knowledge and, and pull something off the shelf? Does that make sense what I'm saying? I don't know if that's weird. Um, because I am still a player. I mean, for me, sure. this last year has been about like me sort of shedding the player ego altogether to be honest because it's my life is all about helping other people get better now i'm super competitive i just always will be no matter what i, I want to do my best at whatever i'm doing so i still care so there's there's two things that will happen one is i know what i'm doing wrong but i just don't practice enough to change it so i'm like i don't care then two, if there is a shot that I'm, you know, keep hitting that I can't stop, this is the other thing about golf. Feel is not real. So sometimes, you know, if I can't hit a fade, I'm like, but my face is open. It is like, I don't know why it's not fading. And then I'll have, I have two friends that I work with that are like part of team Dave Fink that help me. They shoot my videos, you know, and then I'm editing all of it, but I get input from them. They're not coaches, but they're friends. And they mm -hmm. know me. They know me on a personal level. Like, 
less. So it's not that they're looking at my swing and saying whatever. It's just they know me and they're like, hey, is your knee hurting right now? Or like they'll point out things about me personally, you know, that maybe don't have to do with the technicality of the swing that I just have stopped doing for whatever reason. Golf is a game of remembering and forgetting. That's what Jack Nicholas said. It's like, you're like, oh, that's right. That's how I'm supposed to hit a wedge. And then like three weeks later, you chunk one and you're like, I totally forgot about what I was supposed to do. So like, I think for me as an instructor, like, yeah, technically I know exactly what I'm doing and how to change it. But sometimes like knowing me as a person and, you know, pointing something out helps me more. And then for the instructor thing, to be honest, there are only a couple of instructors that I follow like on social media that I really love and respect. Now I got love and respect for any instructor in the world that cares about their student and, you know, does what's best for them. I'm not the only golf instructor in the world, but golf like, you know, equipment, because of track man and all these things, it's gone to a point where it's like, we're, we've gone too far, like way too far. I'll have a 20 mm. handicapper come in and, and be asking me about, you know, like P three and a half. I'm like, dude, you're, you're not even breaking a hundred. Like you shouldn't even have that in your mind. So for me, a couple instructors I follow, but honestly, like the tips that I release and the things that I, they're all, pulled from direct lessons either you know a revelation i've had in my own game but more often than not things that come up in lessons that i'm giving that really help people like so if i have one thing that i've been communicating to people and every person's sort of like god damn that click that's the thing i'll choose to do a lesson on but um i just love learning and i think as a coach and as a company like sticks if you think you know it all, you know, anyone who thinks they know it all, like, I'm not enchanted by that. That's bullshit. You never stop learning and you never stop improving. And so I love knowledge. I think the acquisition of knowledge is hot. It gets me off, like, makes me horny. So, yeah, I do like other things, <laughs> but as long as these people are not teaching off of, you know, technical numbers and more off of feel. Yeah, I hear that. That's cool. Now, Gabe, so connected to that, because I'm curious around, obviously, you know, you guys make a core product and thinking about innovation. I'm sure you're getting tons of feedback from users and, and people out there in terms of what they're liking, not liking, et cetera. You know, the brand is still fairly young. Have you guys or do you plan on making any additions, like extensions to, to terms of like what you guys offer? Because I'm also curious, like, for example, and again, this could be my very super basic, non educated understanding of but when I think of, you know, uh, a lot of those like uh, be beginner brands, if you will, or I'm just getting into golf. One of the things for me that I always run up against, like, for example, my wife, like my wife started playing golf and I got her a lady link set. That was the only thing that they had at Golfsmith when I got her a set. She plays two times a year if she's lucky. And that's it. And every once in a while for fun, I'll like hit her club. Um, but like, uh, thinking about like flex, flex of shaft, like, are you guys thinking about expanding and refining into things like that just to be open to more golfers? Or are you thinking of just staying a little bit more focused? I'm just curious. So there's a few things that you kind of touched on, like excessive, I'll, I'll answer your last question first. Like, yeah, are we sure. looking to 
do things to make it more accessible to a broader range of people. Yes, um, we also, you know, we've always, we've tried to be kind of the gender neutral approach where we have five heights and three flexes of all our club, right? So you're like, we don't want to say old people are all like this, women are all like this, men are all like this, juniors are all like this. It's been like, look, you got, you got tall, strong women, you got short, weak men. So we have five heights and three flexes that fits your game. Uh, we offer standard plus half plus inch, minus half, minus inch, and stiff, regular, active. You should be able to find the club that fits you. I, I've talked to a lot of women who have said, I had to stop playing ladies clubs in junior high because I was athletic. And right. a lot of women now do play men's clubs. So we kind of wanted to like not do that. So many of my female students, they'll be like, yeah, this was the lady driver that they gave me. And it's like 14 degrees of loft and the shaft is like a pool noodle. And it's right. like, do you, are you assuming that women are just so weak they can't even like pick up a shirt? Like, I mean, this is ridiculous. So that's what I loved about Six was it's not like these are for women. This These are for old people. It's just you have these options, but they're not overwhelming options. And then mm -hmm. as player, like I played the graphite shafts that Six sent me. And I, I had some feedback like, hey, you know, for someone like me, maybe this is a little too much flex. And Gabe listened immediately. So I, I'd like Gabe to talk about, because that's the thing, sticks like, when I signed on, I was like, is this just it? These are, you know, what you offer. And this, and he just said, like, you have no idea, like, what we're planning on next. And they, they just have so much in the works. And it's all based on, you know, customer info. Like, and that mm -hmm. feedback, because they yeah. are in your, they're getting a lot of feedback. What they're doing with that feedback is just using it to get better. And yeah. so if you want to just talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, when we started, it was a 12 club set for five ninety nine without a bag, without head covers. It's just what we started with. And people mm -hmm. were like, we want head covers. We want a bag. We want 14 clubs. Um, and so we were like, cool, here it is. Uh, and, and our top selling product is our full set right now. Um, so like listening to customers, giving them what they want helps. We have people saying like, Hey, standards, cool. I'm tall. Can you offer a plus half a plus inch? I mean, lefties are always like, well, where's the lefty set? So like now we right. offer all that stuff. Um, and it's all been graphite since the beginning. <clears throat> so like mid September of this year, we will be releasing the steel shafted iron and wedge set. Cool. So right now you can so get the that's probably the number one question <clears throat> on social media right now is do they come in steel? And the answer is now going to be yes. And that's Gabe got me them. Uh I I have them in my bag right now. And so the shaft is still a blacked out stick shaft, which is just beautiful and makes the whole club sleek and just brings it all together. Um, but it's just, it gives me the exact feel I was looking for, you know? And it's not, it's not like exactly custom fitted to me. It's just super high quality feel. 
and it just feels great. I don't need, you know, someone to, to cut my steel shafts down for me. I just need it to be good materials. Um, and that's what this is. So I'm really stoked about that. Um, but look, a lot of my students, like, who have less high swing speed, you got to stick with the graphite. Like my best friend, Andrew, who's doing the breaking series with me. He plays the sticks graphite. I play the sticks steel. Same club head, you know. So it's like those little things that you can customize yourself, but you yeah, don't yeah. need expert to help you do it. For sure. So like steel is another example of how we're evolving based on customer feedback and to just hint at other things that are coming over the next year or two. Yeah. Give us, give us secret nuggets. Like this would be great. I'll just say this. People were saying, Hey, it's still out of my price range. We're listening for people who are saying, Hey, I want to grow with sticks. I don't want to grow out of sticks. We're listening. Right. Cool. So the things that we have in the product roadmap, are to continue to serve the broad audience that loves the brand and get it within their price point, get it within their body type, get it within their player type. Um, we do want to continue to deliver an evolving product line uh, that can serve the people who love the brand. You are no, that's Dave, you, you have a red dot award, right? Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. you have a red dot? Yes, sir. Damn, that's legit. So a lot of people don't realize that a red dot award is a not an easy thing to get. Um, and it's normally one of the things that's reserved for like brands that or things that significantly shift what a product can be in a category. It's it's pretty cool. That's a big that's cool. I didn't know that. That's pretty dope. So you got it for for last year. I'll give a shout out to Kyle Buzzard on that one. Uh, he is our, you know, one of my co-founders who is the industrial designer who's, you know, we work together on the design of things, but I got to give, got to give a shout out to Kyle on that award. Dick, that's pretty dope. Very awesome. Out of curiosity, when we were talking about clubs, I always love to know each of you, what is your favorite club in the bag and why? You got to pick one. No, just one. I know like, you know, you love different clubs for different reasons, but you're, you're, when you go to, you're like, I love this thing. Like. Dave, what's Driver. yours? Driver? Wow. Okay. Top of the bag. I like that. In my opinion, it's the most important club for the widest amount of players. Meaning, for me, I can have a mediocre day with all my clubs, but if I'm hitting driver well, it's like a cheat code. Golf just becomes so much easier when you hit great drives. And I come from baseball, and, you know, I like swinging hard and fucking crushing driver. So, but driver for me favorite club in the bag hands down and the sticks driver saved my life a little bit i had been i had cracked five club faces from the same company i had switched oh four times in the last year and i've i've had five different shafts in the last year just because i'm like i couldn't figure it out Sticks sent me a club i'm banging that bitch <laughs> wait so gabe what's your favorite club 60 degree wedge all day you know you hear people say and I, I took a lesson in the same thing they're like put that thing down right like the more loft the more problems right like if the whole thing which which makes some sense like swing something that like has less swing less margin for error but man i love i love my 60 like i said if i could hit hybrid 60 putter i would probably not 
score any worse than I do, right? I can, I can punch the hybrid from any distance. And once I'm within a hundred with the 60, I'm good. Driver and 60. If you could be good at those two clubs, golf will be so much easier. And I totally agree with Gabe though. Every tip I see is tip with an eight iron, tip with the nine iron. We did a, um, I guess, what do we call it? A meetup, a workshop. Had a bunch of people come and, and join us to hit sticks, clubs, and hang out and sort of learn golf. We did a chipping lesson. And, and what I did is I was like, everybody grab your 60. Like, because I just want to show you how to use this in two different ways around the green. And most people's response was, I never used this club, but that's only because I didn't know how. That's so right. you're out there and you're chipping with a nine iron and you don't have any success. Go get a sticks, 60 degree and go watch my videos. What videos, like, are there any, when you release stuff, are you releasing stuff like in uh, waves based on themes or is it kind of like, here's the thing that I want that I heard today. I need to get this out as fast as possible. Like what is influencing the, just the cadence of like the things that you put out there? I'm just curious. Yeah. Thank you. The people, people started saying, Oh, you're the people's coach. You're the people's coach. Cause when, when people ask me, you know, when they have questions on my videos or whatever, I answer them. I list like for me, I want to bring tips, to people that are really helpful. So for example, like there are things that I'm thinking about in my own swing that I know won't help the mass population. So for me, it's less like themed posts and it's more like everybody's been requesting a video on how to stop hooking the ball. I'm going to do that video. Or, you know, everybody's been asking about the 70 yard wedge. I'm going to do that video. Um, and then, yeah, I get a fire lit under me, like I said before, when I have sort of one simple thing that's been able to help like a number of my students and um, it's tried and true and tested. And then in my opinion, I have like my whole mission in golf is helping people and I never want to gatekeep any information and like, oh, well, you have to, you know, you have to buy my DVD to learn. It's like, no, if this <laughs> is important, I'm going to give it to you. Because that's part of what I'm doing. It's free. It's accept that's the accessible part. You know what I mean? You like see commercials yeah. on TV. I'll stop your slice in one swing, but you need to pay me a hundred dollars right now. Yeah. So I, I don't care that the sort of the organization of teaching golf. I've gotten some flack for it because it's like don't give away the secrets and don't make it that simple because then we won't be able to sell lessons. But I'm sorry, I have a mission. <laughs> So I'm going to keep doing what the people need to hear. Yeah, that's awesome. I dig that. Just to wrap up. So summer's almost over. Bummer. Um, can each of you tell us a little bit about, like, I don't know, any awesome plans, any cool golf trips coming up? Um, and then if there's anything that people can keep an eye out for, just, you know, over the next couple months from, from each of you guys, from Sticks, from, from Dave Fink. Yeah, what, what are you guys working on? We don't have dates or locations locked in yet but we're going to be both of us are going to be on tour some together some separate but i'm going to be doing a municipal course tour so hopefully in the colder months we'll be in the southern states where it's still warm basically showcasing municipal courses around the country it's it's accessible golf right showcasing accessible golf i want to golf with our customers i want to golf with 
people like Dave, more content creators, celebrities, um, host events. So we'll be nice. on a bit of a tour. Dave's doing a West Coast of his own, and then we'll do we'll meet up and do some together. But that's kind of the plan for the off season here. Dope, Dave. Dave's doing outreach sort of tour, which I'll be at a bunch of those stops, just like he said, meeting cool ass people, exposing more people to sticks and sort of what the company is all about. And then my tour is going to hit like four or five cities on the West Coast all in a row. It's a teaching tour. I just like, you know, sticks and I have so much in common. Gabe wants to meet people. You know, he, he doesn't want to just be behind the screen. And I'm the same way. I want to meet, you know, if you're commenting on my video, if you're getting better, I want to meet you and I want to keep this going and make it in person. You know, it, it shouldn't, our community needs to be accessible no matter what, not just on the internet. So uh, what I'm doing is every city, I'm going to find the four biggest hackers in that city and we're going to get better and we'll film it and all that cool stuff. But cool. Six has been so generous to allow me to be giving away free clubs. So even in the off season, every month, we're giving away free golf clubs. We're making golf more accessible by bringing the learning and the clubs to you <laughs> directly to your doorstep. And um, I'm releasing a teaching subscription service online. So if you're in a cold place, you can't play, you know, if, if you don't have time to take a lesson with somebody, you can brush up on your own time. What's really cool is that's going to be kind of partnered with Sticks. Um, we just, we want to make, you know, if you're interested in getting better at golf through buying some new clubs, we also want to help you to get better with some easy instruction. So we're just merging, you know, fun, simple clubs with fun, simple golf instruction. So we have, a, I mean, that's what's happening. And then the steel shaft, which are next month. So this is really just the beginning for everything for me and for sticks to be honest very cool yeah we'll definitely keep an eye out for that guys uh head over to the episode notes we'll throw some links in there for you guys to check it out awesome guys that was fun nice chat all right andrew thanks for having us man thanks for listening to this episode of the fair game podcast if you haven't already you can hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever service you may be using. We've also launched the Fair Game app, golf's first digital clubhouse, the place to play your game and connect with golfers across the country. You can find it in the App Store or on Google Play. You can also find us on Instagram at Fair Game Golf and check out some of our original videos on our YouTube page. You can find all these links in the podcast episode details. We'll see you next time.